Hello, everyone. This is the Jay Rolden Speaks podcast. It has been quite some time, and I do want to apologize to all of you, but I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I know there could have could have been a lot of other things you could be doing right now, but you decided to use some of your time listening to this show. All right, it's been quite some time since I read some poems tonight. If you're new to this live, what we do here is we talk about poetry and. I share some stories, I show you how I connect with it, and you do the same. So let me know what you're thinking about, what you're feeling with some of these poems, and how you're connecting to it, and then we'll move on to the next, next live. Okay guys, so it has been quite some time since I did a live, but I am looking forward to tonight's selection, and let's see how you guys appreciate these poems tonight. Once again, if you're new to this live, thank you for being here, and I hope that you somehow connect with poetry. By the way, you don't have to be an expert at poetry, you don't have to like it, you don't have to love it, but I will say that if you allow poetry, if you allow some poems to at least speak to you, to connect with you, to remind you of something in your past, or maybe something currently, then I want to encourage you to stick around and really, really dwell on that poem, all right? I'm not going to force you to love it. I'm not going to force you to like it, but I do want you to connect with it because ultimately what these poems do is they offer us a metaphorical mirror, not just to us, but like how you are reflected in it and potentially how you are reflected in your world, right? In your realm, in your circle of friends, in your family, in your dwelling place, in your workplace. What is it that you want to portray yourself as? What is it that you want to let others know about you? Sometimes we are so caught up in our own world, right? In our own lives that we sort of like dismiss that idea and we take it for granted many times right we sort of like just sort of assume that hey everybody's doing this exact same thing so why should i worry about them right as long as i get my stuff done as long as i complete my tasks at work as long as i am able to meet whatever expectations that my family has of me then that's really all that matters, right? And then therefore, like, we sort of assume that that's the same for everybody else. But, have you ever thought about, like, why you feel still a little bit empty inside whenever you have moments where you are reflecting on your own life? Have you ever thought about, like, why that's still not enough? Why that's, shall we say, unfulfilled, right? Have you ever... When you break down the word fulfill, okay, if you break it down to its Latin roots, okay, filis, right, there is an aspect of like brother, brotherness, right, brotherhood, a connecting of a network between brotherhood, right, like a community basically. And so when you're fulfilled, you're fulfilled through a sort of community of brotherly love, right? And so why is that important because now whenever you go back to work whenever you are with your friends whenever you are with your family therefore now 
you can feel fulfilled, truly fulfilled, right? Like truly wholesome and really understand the value of what it means to be part of a community, right? To commune, to connect, to transfer, to talk, to communicate, right? That's where we get the word communicate, right? It's an act of multiple parties between one another. It's never solo, okay? You cannot communicate by yourself, all right? I mean, yes, many of us do tend to like dwell in our minds and you know, talk to ourselves. <laughs> Trust me, I've done that plenty of times. But I think in the end, you know deep down the difference between talking and communicate communicating with someone else, right? Truly connecting with them. Truly connecting them with them through your heart, truly connecting with them through your mind, through truly connecting them with them through your body, right? All of these three facets are super important when it comes to relationships. And no, it doesn't mean that you have to apply all three to every single person that you meet. You don't have to apply all three to your family. You don't have to apply three, all three to, I, I hope you don't apply all three to your, to your workmates, but to that one special person in your life, right? You definitely want to apply all of those three, right? Because you want them to know how much you appreciate them. You want them to know just how much you want them and just how much they have changed your life, how they have made your life altered in many ways, right? Not, let me clarify, not change, change, but like just like given more of a deeper and broader understanding perspective of, of who you are, right? What you can be. Because this message right here that is, is specifically for a guy, okay? So if y'all know any men in your circle of friends or if you have any brothers or cousins, male cousins, uncles, whatever, what I'm about to say is super important for men, all right? So please make sure you repeat this or share this information with them. Guys, it is so important for you to be consistent and not change the great qualities about you. Don't let someone that you find super significant in your life change those great qualities about you. Because the person that you're with is in love with those qualities about you. So why would you want to change those? Those are the exact same things that they want to experience with you on a consistent basis. So don't change that. Be consistent. Be that same genuine self. Be honorable. Be thoughtful. Be kind. Be loving. Be forgiving. Be graceful. And be truthful. Right? Tell the truth. And... Be consistent in all of those attributes. Those are the qualities that you don't want to change. Those have to be your bedrock, okay? They have to be your foundation. Because once again, that person that you're with is... They love those things about you. They want to experience those things with you consistently and on a daily basis. Every week, every month, every season, every year. So don't change that. 
Because the moment that you do, the moment that you alter them, the moment that you do away with some of those, that's when you start losing in yourself, in your companion. If you have a family, you're definitely going to lose that. Okay? But remain consistent in all those great qualities. The only thing you have to change, the main thing you have to change, are the ones that are hurtful. Right? Basically, basically the opposite of all of the attributes that I just shared with you all. Right? So, basically, if you're a liar, if you are dishonorable, if you are not a hard worker, right? If you are, you know, cut corners, if you just don't really have the drive to like gain more knowledge right and and you know wisdom basically like like the the opposite of wisdom right which is ignorance right like all of these things those things you need to change right you need to change those so that it can strengthen and 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 basically like transform those into wisdom into honor into kindness, into forgiveness, grace, peace, love, right? All these things. That's what you need to change all of the negative attributes into those that I just mentioned, right? That's the only thing you need to change. Because once again, as a man, we need to be solid. We need to be consistent. We need to be loving. We need to... Don't let anybody tell you this. One of the best qualities about being a man is being focused on one task at a time. In other words, it's a good thing that we're not multitaskers. It is a very good thing. Because when we focus on one particular task... We give it all to that task, right? We want to make sure that that task gets completed or gets to a point where there's peace, right? Where it's manageable, where it's, you know, basically like, okay, I've sort of like controlled the fire sort of thing. That's one of the best qualities about being a man is, you know, being, not being multitaskers, right? Being focused on one task at a time. And that's why it's super important in a relationship that you practice the same perspective you've practiced the same etiquette because one of the reasons why men fail at relationships is when they start to lose focus you see what i mean like that basically the idea here is that like <laughs> you need to make sure that a guy is just like loyal a man truly needs to be loyal right the moment that here here's here's sort of like an inside scoop and i'm sure you heard this before from other other people but one of the main reasons why guys are disloyal okay is that they don't know who they are they don't 
actually know their worth, their value. And so they try to get that validation from multiple people. And that's actually a very dangerous ground for a man because we need to know who we are as a man. We need to know our worth. We need to know our value. And once we realize who we are, once we know what our worth is, then that way we can actually be focused and truly like give all of our energy and effort onto that one single woman that we are interested in, right? Like we want to, and we can only, okay? And and I truly, I truly mean this in, in every research article that I've ever read about relationships. Guys are terrible at handling multiple relationships. We're not made to have like multiple relationships. We just can't do it. Okay. Eventually it's going to bite us in the butt and we're just going to explode, right? Or implode, I should say. Right. Which is why like we can only focus on one woman, right? The day that she doesn't want us, the days that the day that she rejects us, the day that she like basically like doesn't want to be loyal to us. Well, that's when a guy moves on, right? I mean, yes, that's where it hurts. That's where it's painful. That's where he needs time to like recuperate, process it, etc., etc. But that is the only time when a guy can actually move on into another relationship is when he realizes that the woman he has loved and was pursuing that, you know, she no longer values him. She no longer wants him in that sort of like loyal like exclusive relationship right but i digress like a man is terrible at handling multiple relationships we're not we're not designed to do that right despite what many people might might accuse men of being right like dogs i by the way i find that i find that that metaphor like truly ironic right i'm sure all of you have heard of this this phrase right men are like dogs right you probably heard that before especially when it comes to like players okay but the irony is like dogs are actually the most loyal pets out there <laughs> you know what i mean like truly truly loyal okay i mean of course you're gonna have some pets some dogs that are very very much like people lovers right and, and they get along with pretty much anybody but in the end they know who their master is right they know who their owner is they know who the one that actually like protects, shelters, feeds, and waters them, right? They really, really know who they are, right? And so that's why like I find that metaphor to be ironic because, you know, if men are dogs, that means what you're really saying is that like men are actually really loyal. <laughs> so if you're trying to use that against like someone that is disloyal, then that's probably not the right metaphor you should be using, okay? <laughs> Just FYI. But all that to say, guys, is that a man needs to and can only focus on one woman. One woman that he loves, one woman that he cherishes, one woman that he is motivated by and just wants to, like, basically, like, do his life with the thought of her. He wants to live his life motivated by her. He wants to complete the tasks that he needs to complete so that he can spend time with her so he can see her so he can talk to her so he can just like like just 
do whatever she needs of him, right? If she just needs someone to listen to, like if she needs someone to listen to her, then a guy will, that's in love with her, will like get all the tasks that he needs to get done just so that he can make time and space for that moment that she needs, right? And even if she doesn't need that, maybe she just wants someone to like hang out with her, like maybe help her, you know, study for whatever exam she's doing or like, you know, whatever, like, you know, whatever task at work she's doing, like, like a man really values like being wanted and needed by a woman that he loves, right? Especially by the woman that he loves, even if it's like a little task as such as that, right? And so... I just want to encourage all the men that potentially are listening to this live, be consistent, be loving, be merciful, be thoughtful, be kind, and be ready to engage in communication, whatever that may take, whatever whatever that may look like. You may not be a person that likes to talk a lot. Believe it or not, I actually don't like to talk a lot. <laughs> but you may not be a guy, person that has a lot of words to say. But the fact that you're there, the fact that you are like in the same vicinity, that you are making time for her that you know whatever it is that you need to do to like make a special place and time for her like if it, that woman will appreciate you in so many ways so many levels and you are definitely uh, definitely at a different level because many men have take takes a long time for many men to realize that and some of us don't actually get to that point until like the very end of like our lives, you know, and it's really, really sad. But, you know, eventually it does like click and it does. We do get there. And so anyways, y'all, I just want to say I hope that you are good and kind and encouraging to those type of men, because we do need to encourage more men to be like that, y'all. I mean despite what you may think i mean men do get a bad rap a lot and don't get me wrong there's some really awful men out there okay there's some super super truly awful men out there okay i can't give you a percentage of how often that occurs and my sympathies to all y'all that have gone through some really really terrible terrible occurrences experiences relationships etc etc i'm sorry about those but don't stereotype men, okay? Don't put us in a category that basically like makes us feel like we did something wrong even though we never did anything wrong to you, right? And so I just want to encourage you all to be good to those men, be loving to, the, to those men, be kind, be thoughtful, be respectful, and encourage men to, you know, truly be at peace with themselves right like like truly like know the value of what it means to be a, a man okay like this is going to be such a hard advice to the modern culture today but all of those shall we say old time or like old traditions of what it means to be a man we need to bring those back. We need to uphold those. We need to strengthen those. We need to make men be truly like guys that are, are, are striving to provide 
that are striving to protect their families, that are striving to love and support and also protect their their woman, right? Like those guys need to absolutely like be encouraged and you know all those like traditional views of of etiquette of courtship of just like understanding like the importance of what it means to be a real man that that needs to be encouraged right that needs to be strengthened that needs to be upheld because once a man truly understands the role of being a man, okay, which is, once again, this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way, but like providing, protecting, leadership, okay, all these things. That doesn't mean that he doesn't value a, a woman's opinion. Of course, a good leader will always, always, always value, always value a woman's thoughts, right? It's, Especially the woman that he loves, right? Like, I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what's bothering you. I want to know if I should do X, Y, and Z. I mean, I'll make the decision. Don't get me wrong. I'll make the decision. But I want you to at least, like, help me make the right decision. Right? Help me see a different perspective before I make the final decision. Right? Because then I know that you were in my thoughts when I made that decision. You were in my heart when I made that decision. You were part of that decision process, right? I'm not going to lay the burden. And by the way, I know some of you have experienced this before. It's very burdensome for some people to like be leaders, okay? It's, it's a hard job. It really is a hard attribute to do. Yeah, like we need to make decisions on a daily basis, every week, every month, every year, etc., etc. And it's time consuming, right? Like how much money we want to spend, how much time we want to spend, effort, etc., all these things. Like it's time consuming. But good men, great men, will always want to know their love's perspective, right? What is it that their love is feeling? What is it that their love is thinking? Right? I know I will make the right decision if she helps me chisel the decision. Does that make sense? Anyways, y'all. I'm looking forward to some of these poems tonight. This is the J. Rolden Speaks podcast, by the way. If y'all didn't know this, I actually have an account on Spotify. And so I want to encourage all of you to, after this live, go to my Spotify account. If you don't have the app, just download it. It's called Spotify. And once you download it, then you can search in the search bar for J. Rolden Speaks. And you will see a profile picture of my face. And I want to encourage you to follow me there. Let me know. Rate the show if you want. Let me know how I'm doing. And if you feel led in your heart to subscribe to my 
Spotify podcast account, then I would very much appreciate it. And I want to say a special thank you to all my current, current, current subscribers. And, you know, I can't say enough about how much y'all are making a difference in these lives and these podcasts. And so thank you so much to all my monthly supporters. And I want to welcome new monthly supporters out there. And and by the way, if you are a monthly su- supporter, and if you do become decide to become a monthly supporter, know that you can actually leave some voice messages on my Spotify account. And if you have any requests for some poems that you want me to read in the future, I would encourage you to use the voice messenger so that you can leave it there. You can also like text it as well, right? Like like in Spotify, right? If there's a link underneath my profile that uh, allows you to support my podcast, and there's some links that you can basically like leave a message, either voice or through text. So once again, if you want to request any poems in the future, then that's the place where you do it. All right. So once again, thank you so so much to all my monthly supporters, and I want to encourage new ones to also join join the Jay Rolton Speaks Speaks podcast and yeah I am looking forward to posting more material here pretty soon guys I've been pretty busy with work and I'm looking forward to the Christmas break and I hope that uh, I will be able to basically post more material soon but once again thank you to all my monthly supporters and I'm looking forward to some new ones out there and once again leave a request through the voice messenger feature underneath my podcast profile picture and let me know what poems you want me to read in the future anyway let's get this show in the let's get this show going and i am looking forward to this first poem tonight guys this one is such a great great poem and i read it recently And let me just say that I'm pretty sure that this is a poem that will leave behind some important message for you and perhaps even create a, an or, or recall an interesting memory of yours in your life. Right. So anyway, before I begin, I'm going to take a drink of water here and you, you all know the drill. Whenever I drink water, you guys tap the screen. Press that like button and keep keep tapping that screen until I stop drinking water. And then I'm going to start this track again and do a five-second countdown. And then we will read the first poem tonight, which is titled Love Among the Ruins. And this is actually written by the great poet laureate, Lord Alfred Tennyson himself. And so, I'm sorry, Robert Browning. <laughs> My bad. So, this is written by Robert Browning who actually is the husband of an amazing, amazing poet, and her name is Elizabeth Browning. And, you know, many people don't realize, like, just how amazing Robert Browning was. Like, he truly was a class of his own, you know? He was never close to winning Poet Laureate, as his wife was, okay? Elizabeth Browning is an amazing, fantastic writer. But Robert Browning was actually really good, too. Like, really good. You know, he won awards. He, he never was close to winning the poet laureate title but i'm pretty sure you know if he would have you know lived to be who knows 120 years old i'm sure he would have made a fantastic poet laureate at some point in his life but he's a great writer so 
This one I'm going to retitle is, is titled Love Among the Ruins. All right? Okay. So I'm going to drink some water. You guys tap that screen. Here we go. All right, y'all. Here we go. I'm going to start this track again. Do a five-second countdown. And read Love Among the Ruins by the amazing Robert Browning. smiles miles and miles on the solitary pastures where our sheep half asleep twinkle homeward through the twilight stray or stop as they crop was the sight once of a city great and gay so they say of our country's very capital, its prince ages since held his court in, gathered councils, wielding far peace or war. Now, the country does not even boast a tree, as you see, to distinguish slopes of verdure, certain rills from the hills intersect and give a name to else they run into one where the domed and daring palace shot its spires up like fires over the hundred gated circuit of a wall bounding all made of marble men might march on nor be pressed Twelve abreast, and such plenty and perfect sea of grass never was. Such a carpet as this summertime overspreads and embeds every vestige of the city, guest alone, stock or stone, where a multitude of men breathe joy and woe long ago. Lust of glory pricked their hearts up dread of shame struck them tame and that glory that shame alike the gold bought and sold now the single little turret that remains on the plains by the caper overrooted by the gourd overscored while the patching house leaks heed and head of blossom winks through the chinks marks the pavement whence a tower in ancient times sprang sublime, a burning ring all round the chariots traced as they raced, and the monarch and his minions and his dames viewed the games. And I know, while thus the quiet-colored Eve smiles to leave, 
to their folding, all our many twinkling fleece in such peace, and the slopes and rills in undistinguished gray melt away, that a girl with eager eyes and yellow hair waits me there. In the turret whence the charioteers caught soul for the goal, when the king over king looked where she looks now and breathe breathless dumb till i come when he looked upon the city every side far and wide all the mountains topped in temples with temples all the glades colonnades all the causes bridges aqueducts and then all the men that's right when i do come She will speak not. She will stand either hand on my shoulder, give her eyes the first embrace of my face. Ere we rush, ere we distinguish sight and speech, each on each, in one year they sent a million fighters forth, south and north, and they built their gods a brazen pillar high as the sky, yet reserved a thousand chariots in full force, gold of course. O oh, heart, O oh, blood that freezes, blood that burns, earth's returns for whole centuries of folly, noise, and sin. Shut them in with their triumphs, their glories, and the rest, love is best. That was titled Love Among the Ruins by Robert Browning. So if you were listening to that poem, okay, here Robert Browning is actually describing a warfare okay an actual warfare okay so robert browning lived through some really terrible wars and he knows the turmoil that it creates among a nation right it's particularly england and what's interesting here is that like even though there's plenty of turmoil right like like let's Let's sort of like reduce this, and I don't mean maybe reduce is not the actual right word, but let's bring this down to let actually let's focus on one particular important element when it comes to war. One particular important feature or characteristic of war, and that is the soldier. The soldier that many times volunteers to go into battle. You know, this was before the draft system ever was like an actual thing. Okay. This is before like young men were forced to enter war. Sometimes soldiers join because they feel it in their heart to do so, right? It's like almost like feature of valor and and 
and it says a lot about like who they are as a family as a nation as you know whatever neighborhood or you know region or you know whatever it is wherever it is that they're coming from okay it says a lot about them but all i want to say y'all is that like the most important part about war is the soldier and check this out why is a soldier willing to go through all of this terrible scenario that Robert Browning just described here right all of this terrible ruins all of this terrible rubble all of this terrible violence all of this terrible just groom sorry gloomy and sort of like doomed outcome right the all this darkness and it comes down to one simple concept and i wouldn't necessarily say that it's simple but like one very 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 kind of powerful and in many ways yes simple simple because it comes down to one word here and that is love right even robert browning says at the end love is best because love is what allows a soldier to endure all of that darkness love is what keeps him hopeful love is what keeps him in many ways pure right like like almost like a shield protecting him from all of the darkness that he is ex going to experience in war right he wants to come home to his family to his to the love right to 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 the woman that he loves right he wants to co come back to her and and he's not gonna go back to her until he knows that she's protected until he knows that like she and his family and the neighborhood that he comes from his family you know just why would a soldier want to return if the job's not complete because at any point the enemy could be attacking them to could be invading them and therefore like you know there wouldn't be a home to come back to right and so why would he abandon abandon his duty of wanting to serve and, and protect if he's going to leave his family vulnerable right and so that's that's what this poem is really really about right like robert browning spends over 90% of the entire poem talking about the ruins of war okay all of the turmoil all of the heartache and it only comes down to like three basic lines in the entire poem so probably like 97% right like if you know obviously the math is a little skewed here but like pretty much like over 95% of the poem is about war and the ruins of war and the turmoil of war and the darkness of war and the turmoil of war but that little percentage, those that three percent, okay, those three lines that exist in this poem about love is what makes it all worth it. It's worth enduring 
that heartache. It's worth enduring that risk. It's worth losing your own life if it means sacrificing your life if it, in order to your family and the woman that you love for her to be safe. And I'll tell you exactly these lines that Robert Browning wrote about, okay? The very first one he actually writes. Is the very first line. He actually says, Were the quiet colored end of evening smiles, miles and miles. Right? This is your household. This is your dwelling place. No matter how small or how big your house is, if it's filled by the woman that you love, that place is going to be the most special, amazing place that exists. Let me share a brief little... Before I continue, I have to share this little story here. So, when I was younger, and I was contemplating whether to move back to my home country or stay in the United States after I got my degrees, I really had a hard time deciding because I didn't know like what I should do, what I, where I should go, because a part of me wanted to go back to Chile because, you know, that's where my family's from and, you know, I just love Chile in general, like the landscape is so gorgeous and the people are like, you just have to experience it, like, it just, it's amazing. You know, people there are, are truly kind-hearted, you know, with the exception of obviously some jerks out there, <laughs> but but that's true in any culture, honestly. But in general, Chilean people are actually really, really great people. And so I had a hard time deciding, like, should I go back to Chile after I get my degrees? You know, what if I find someone significant and, like, what should I do, you know? Anyway, so one of the greatest women that ever exists in my life and still is existing is my aunt okay my aunt is such an amazing woman she is a beautiful beautiful god-fearing woman and i absolutely love love her very much she is she has become my mother now because my mother actually passed away back in 1997 and i will always honor and cherish her all the days that I live but my aunt now is basically my mom now here on earth and so I love her dearly and she is truly an amazing woman and she gave me one of the best advice till this day gives me so much peace and comfort comfort this woman is so filled with wisdom and this is what she said Do not worry where you're going to live. Do not waste your time thinking where that where that's going to be or even if that what that looks like. Instead, when you find the woman that you're in love with, she will be your home. And no matter where you guys are, it can be in the most 
deserted island in the world, right? It can be one of the one of the islands out in you know the Pacific Ocean. But as long as she's there, and that's the woman that loves you and you love her, that's where your home is. And it won't matter what your house looks like, won't matter what the situation is is. If she loves you and you love her, that's your home. Right? So, Robert Browning in this poem starts off this poem with the very first line, where the quiet colored end of evening smiles, miles and miles, right? This is basically a metaphor, or not a metaphor, this is actually like, he's describing like, basically the home, right? The home where the smiles appear, right? Where they dwell, right? The person that you're with, the smiles from them, right? And it's endless, right? Which is why he says miles and miles, right? Like this is where your true happiness is. This is where your true home is, okay? So that's the first line. Second line, okay, is where check this out this is here's the second line robert browning says that a girl with eager eyes and yellow hair waits me there so let me let me read the previous line real quick and the slopes and rills in undistinguished gray melt away that a girl with eager eyes and yellow hair waits me there. That's the second line. I'm, I'm sorry. That's the second line that I wanted to share that Robert Browning actually emphasizes to remind us that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the turmoil is, no matter... It could be Armageddon. But if that soldier is loved by that one woman that he cherishes and basically vowed his life that's the woman that will help him endure all of those times all of that risk all of that loneliness all of that darkness, all of that pain, all of that sorrow, that woman is going to help him survive. That woman is going to give him enough tools and energy and life to bring him back to her. And then finally, the very last line in the entire poem. Robert Browning says, Shut them in with their triumphs and their glories and the rest. Love is best. This is what it means to love among the ruins. 
This is what it means to dwell in true peace and joy in a situation where it seems hopeless in a place where it seems like there's no solution where it seems endless where it seems too painful to endure too much to tackle too much to just like feel any ounce of relief relief doesn't even exist in the world of darkness except in one area the heart where the woman that you love dwells and every thought that gets pumped from your heart to your mind is because of her your soul elevates and has boundless fountains of motivation and so much grace and peace you become sort of like this super saiyan of being loved that no matter where you walk through not even the rocks the trees the bullets the anguish that is bestowed upon you nothing will get through that aura of love and peace and gentleness and kindness where your woman dwells in your heart you know what's interesting about that analogy is that like even that becomes sort of like a metaphor for how much a man needs to protect a woman and, and because this is where he loves her right this is where he like shows his greatest love for her is that he's willing to like risk his life in order to keep her safe to keep her happy to keep her at peace that is love among the ruins and that is why that is an amazing poem by Robert Browning who deserves so much credit guys this gentleman now I understand why Elizabeth Browning loved him this guy was an intellectual this gentleman was not only a gentleman right like in his way of conducting himself right both in public and in private but he was truly an intellectual he could love you even when you didn't deserve it he could see things that disagree with him and be able to at least have a conversation with you he can see past 
the superficiality of whatever issues occur and still make you feel respected and truly valued as a person right whether you are a guy or a girl this is the true nature of like poets like Robert Browning who grew up during the Victorian era by the way okay this is this is what we call Victorian poetry this is what makes Victorian poetry so unique and special because it's not just about love and yes they were notorious about writing love poems okay but they mixed intelligence into it which is so rare nowadays okay I'm not saying it doesn't exist in today's songs for example there's some great songs out there that like have so much like passion in it and very like very like smart unique ways of like incorporating intelligence into words into passion right but the Victorian poetry era was definitely the golden era where you mix intelligence with passion and Robert Browning is definitely one of the greatest examples of what that sounds like what that looks like what that feels like you spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, the only days that will seem somewhat boring <laughs> are the times when we already share the same knowledge at the same time. <laughs> but make no mistake, when it comes to learning, I'm stimulated by the things you learn about, the things that move you, the things that you find worth spending your time and effort I truly find so much fascination and my heart grows with every word and data that you share with me and so As an intellectual myself, I offer the same to you. 
more than capable of stimulating your mind. And I know the content and the information, the knowledge that I share with you will only be to strengthen your heart, to lift your soul. to remind you just how truly wonderful and amazing you are. So, the world around us may be in ruins, but I will love you just the same. And whatever challenges we face or comes in my path I will overcome them make no mistake and in the end when it is overcome what I offer you the most It's not just my love, but the peace that will last 20 lifetimes, countless, and you will never have to worry about who I am, what I am. what we will be. Anyway, this is the Jay Rolden Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. This is a great night of poetry. And once again, this is a poem by Robert Browning, Love Among the Ruins. Can you believe that was only the first poem? Amazing, right? This is why poetry is such a wonderful lost art. I wouldn't say lost, actually. A art that doesn't really get talked about as frequent as it should. But hopefully we can make a difference here by creating this amazing podcast for hopefully millions of people so that we can all be motivated to, well, learn how it means, what it means to love someone, to acquire and share wisdom, to be merciful, to be slow to anger, to be abounding in love, to be peaceful, right? Peace is such a great word and unfortunately we like tend to kind of not use it in the right way. And what I mean by that is like, well, take this for example. Let's say in social media you're having an argument, right? Online or some sort. Have you ever noticed that people like say like peace and love as a way of like sort of like trying to avoid any type of discussion or arguments? Right? That's not what peace does, okay? That's not how you apply peace. <laughs> peace doesn't isn't about avoiding arguments. Peace isn't about like trying to purposely ignore like the issues okay 
in order to achieve peace, you have to face and confront the turmoil. You have to confront the restlessness. You have to confront the issues. Because if you don't, you're, you're not achieving peace. You're just prolonging the inevitable, which is arguments, discussions, battles, right? Like, like you have to communicate, commune, okay? You have to gather, you have to like find a common ground, right? Comunis, okay? It's not just like a community, but it's a peaceful community. Okay? It's a harmony, basically. That's what communis means. It's a harmony between things and people. Okay? You have to, if you want to communicate, I'm sorry, if you want to find peace, you have to communicate. And if you want to find, if you want to have true peace, then you have to go through the turmoil. You have to go through all of the heartache. You have to go through all of the nastiness of whatever it is that the issue is, is about. Okay, it's not going to feel pleasant, of course not. But if you work at it, if you are consistent, and if you truly, truly love one another, okay, like truly love one another, then you are going to be willing to fight against the darkness, right? Fight against the restlessness. Fight, fight against the unrest, the, shall we say, turmoil and heartache and all of the sadness and sorrow and the pain that you're going to endure and, and, and go through. But ultimately, peace is achieved after the turmoil. So to all the couples, that are currently going through some hard times. Whether it's through some weird incident, some miscommunication, or maybe things that have been said or done, and you truly don't see like any reconciliation. I want you to remind yourself of this. What is it that you fell in love with in that person in the first place? And have you told them about that recently? Did you truly let them know, hey, this is why I love about you. I just wanted you to know before you go to work. Hey, I just want to leave this message on your on your voicemail or like leave a audio audio message and just let you know I absolutely adore your kindness, your sweetness, your quirkiness, your sassiness, your whatever it is, whatever it is. <laughs> I just want to know, I just want to let you know that I love that about you. See you tonight. Right? Reconciliation is possible, y'all. Don't dwell in the lies 
and what this world is telling you, which is to give up, to throw in the towel, to not confront it. If you don't confront it, you are avoiding the inevitable. You're just going to carry whatever issues there were before into the next relationship. And you may not realize it like right away, but trust me, it will show up in your next relationship. It might take a few months, it might take a few years, but make no mistake, it's going to be there. And then what are you going to do then? You're going to run? You're going to quit? You're going to throw in the towel again? Because you didn't want to reconcile? You didn't want to confront it? The first place you should look into any issues is yourself. Don't blame it on anybody else, okay? Yeah, you're, you're going to be tempted to, to use that and say, Oh yeah, no, they did this, they did that, they did this, they did that. What did you do? Truly, what did you do? Have you thought about that? Did you spend enough time? Did you actually... Were you graceful? Were you encouraging? Were you actually like saying, reminding them like, Hey, I appreciate you for doing these things for me. Thank you so much, love. Right? The real question is, what didn't you do? That's really the, the important question. What didn't you do? And by the way, y'all, those of you who don't know me, yeah, I used to be married. And I was terrible <laughs> I did I, I didn't do a lot of things and the worst thing I ever did was not be a leader for for her but the good news is now I know what I need to be in my next relationship. And the woman that I love, she will know every facet of what makes me a great man. Not only will she experience my leadership, but she will experience my true genuineness, my quirkiness, my wittiness. And sure, I'm going to be sassy back to you just in case, just so you know. <laughs> But I want to spend time growing with you. I want to help us be successful, achieve the things that we want to achieve in our lives, right? Whether it's through growing a family, whether it's just bonding in all kinds of ways, right? Heart, mind, and soul. Whether it's through, I don't know, experiencing, you know, going through, walking through the Andes or the Rockies or the Swiss Alps or, you know, snowboarding down some crazy flipping, you know, mountain, you know, just so that we can have a good time, right? Or just sit on a couch on a Wednesday night, chilling, 
doing nothing. Sipping on some wine. Maybe just being there, right? Reconciliation is always possible. All this time that I spent with you is to build more memories with you. So that when we do have discussions, some issues, whenever we do have those things, I will remind myself of why I fell in love with you in the first place. So that I can become selfless, okay? So that I can become selfless, not let my pride and my ego get in the way of seeing who you really are, which is this beautiful, genuine, sweet, loving, sassy, intellectual woman. That's who I fell in love with, and whatever things we face come across, we'll do it together. And I will put aside my pride, I will put aside my ego, just so I can restore the peace and offer you peace like I always have. Period. Because that's how much you are worth it to me. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I am worth. This world is so full of turmoil. We try to find superficial forms and practices of peace. But in the end, we know deep down in our hearts what truly is a peaceful place. A place that when you see their face, when you hear their words, when you smell them, when you kiss them and taste them, and when you touch them, hold their hands, embrace them, you know exactly how peace feels. And that is what I will always be to you. That is my vow for the rest of my life. This is the Jay Rolden Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much, y'all, for being here. This is a wonderful night of poetry. I hope you guys are learning what it means to read some really great poems. And this is no exception. This is written by the great Lord Tennyson himself. Love among the ruins. All right, y'all. I am getting tired. 
and we are almost at midnight. So, I thought I would read one final poem by Henry Longfellow. And if you just give me just a few seconds here, I need to actually get that book because it's in the other room. And we will start the poem here momentarily. So in the meantime, while I get this book, I need you guys to tap on that screen, press that like button. I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to get that book. And then we will read that poem by Henry Wordsworth. And I'll say a few things and then we'll call it a night. All right, here we go. the wrong poet actually his name is John Dunn <laughs> so my apologies for that one it's not Henry it's not Henry uh, Wordsworth <laughs> William Wordsworth sorry this is actually John Dunn himself all right let me all right this one's titled Song. Sorry. <laughs> this is titled Song by John Dunn. And I'm going to wait till this track actually quiets down. And then once it does, I will read this poem. Alright, so once again, this is Song by John Dunn. This is a very lovely poem. So it's definitely worth your time. Alright? Alright, I'm going to drink some water and then fast forward. All right, y'all, here we go. Here we go. Sweetest love, I do not go for weariness of thee, nor in hope the world can show a fitter love for me. But since that I must die at last, tis best to use myself in jest. Thus by fiend deaths to die, Yesterday the sun went hence, and yet is here today. He hath no desire nor sense, nor half so short a way. Then fear me not, but believe that I shall make speedier journeys, since I take more wings and spurs than he. 
Oh, how feeble is man's power that if good fortune fall, cannot add another hour, nor a lost hour recall. But come bad chance, and we join to it our strength, and we teach it art and length itself over us to advance. But when thou sightest, thou sightest not wind, but sightest my soul asleep. But when thou weepest, unkindly kind, my life's blood doth decay. It cannot be that thou lovest me, as thou sayest, if in thine my life thou waste, thou art the best of me. Let not thy divining heart forethink me any ill. Destiny may take thy part, and may thy fears fulfill. But think that we are but turned aside to sleep. They who one another keep alive never parted be. joy in my life. Love among the ruins, as Browning once said. And in my daily life, my routines, my own acquisitions of knowledge and dwelling in the abundance of my mind as you do. Nothing that stimulates my senses and the way I perceive life in general quite like you. Nothing that has the same outcome of words and the results in the way my body reacts as you. Until my dying days, you will be that yellow line among the thousands and thousands that exist in this world. And I can never, ever fully explain why. I just know that that line is you. So, Thou art the best of me. I know what I am not when I'm with you. And I know what I can be. 
this is what it means to bring and you being the best of me. Anyway. Thank you so much for being here. This is the J. Rolden Speaks podcast. And I hope you guys enjoyed that particular poem. That is written by John Dunn himself. That's right. John Dunn himself. I hope you guys enjoyed this live. If you are new to this live, please know that I do have a podcast on Spotify. So if you don't have the app, download it after this live. And once you do, search for J. Rolden Speaks. You'll see a profile picture on my face. And right underneath my profile picture, there are some links where you can follow and also subscribe. And if you have it in your heart to support the podcast, I would so much be grateful. And if you do support the podcast, then you will be able to leave a message on the podcast account. And if you have any requests in terms of poetry or poems you want me to read in the future, then I will definitely honor it. But please keep in mind that... I want to honor all my current monthly supporters and so all y'all know who that who who you are and so I want to read poems that you guys request first and if I have time or energy to read anybody else's then I will do so as well but please understand that I'm prioritizing all my monthly supporters and well let me know what I can read for you in the future anyway this is episode 61 thank you so much for being here And I will be posting this podcast by tomorrow afternoon. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for being here. This is a wonderful night. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. Thank you again for all of your gifts during this live. And well, I hope that everything goes well for you tomorrow and whatever it is that you do during the week. Don't forget. Strive for peace. Reconcile, be honorable, be consistent, be gracious, be forgiving, be understanding, be a good listener, be thoughtful. Anyway, buenas noches a todos. Un gran abrazo para ustedes. Muchas gracias por su sintonía. Gracias. Espero que disfrutaron de este live. Y bueno, ustedes ya saben que yo tengo un podcast en Spotify así que por favor después por favor sígueme ahí dame, déjame un comentario si quieren, si tienen una solicitud sobre un poema que quieren que yo lea en el futuro me, bueno, sería un honor y un placer leer esos poemas en castellano, así que bueno, muchas gracias por su su apoyo y espero que lo disfruten esta semana y que lo pasen súper 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 bien Y bueno, si Dios quiere, nos vemos pronto en el próximo live. Muchas gracias y buenas noches. Good night, everybody.